Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Grab a seat. <laughs> Air high five or a fist bump. Yeah. It feels good to be in church. Yeah. Worship was awesome. And uh, like Phil said as well, we welcome all of our Calvary family around the world that's now watching. We've literally had people watching from Sweden, Israel, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Cuba, everywhere. And so wherever you're watching from, we're glad. That you're part of, I think 57 countries are, have been watching Calvary over the pandemic. Come on, that's amazing. Absolutely phenomenal. And so, beautiful, beautiful thing. Hey, one more time, before we get into the message, uh, you heard Phil and Vlad. By the way, Vlad did amazing with announcements. Heart for the House. There's an envelope in every seat, Heart for the House envelope. Last week was probably one of my favorite Heart for the House services we've had. Uh, it was absolutely beautiful. And we had a short video that we played as well. If you missed it, we might upload it on YouTube. I think it's, it's already on um, Instagram. But I, I'm really proud of our church because even through a difficult year, uh, because of what you gave last year in Heart for the House, this year we've been able to give through local, global uh, human trafficking survivors to homeless outreach and everything else that we do, over $250,000 in help. Come on, somebody. Come on, can we give God a big, a big hand for that? It's amazing. Helped out families in need, single mothers, single fathers, homeless, human trafficking survivors, and that all happens because of this amazing, generous church. And so um, last week, we are now giving uh, what we call our year-end offering or Heart for the House offering for next year's um, uh, all kind of help and everything that we do. So if you have it, uh, there's an envelope that says Heart for the House. If you want to give your year-end offering, families stretched their faith last week and people gave all kind of amounts and we're so thankful and we'll let you know toward the beginning of the year uh, what the total was. It's still coming in. Literally 11 a.m. a bunch of money still came in. People giving their year-end offering and we're so thankful. We're going to be able to help out so many people next year. So um, there's boxes all over the auditorium or in the lobby where you could drop it off. So one more time, thank you so much and I believe that the best is yet to come. Amen? All right, open up your Bibles to Matthew. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Go to Matthew chapter 2. It's Christmas week. Um, like Vlad and Phil mentioned, on Thursday we do have our Christmas Eve services. You do have to let us know if you're coming, reserve a seat because we're almost at capacity and we're trying to keep it um, safe and secure for everybody. That's why we still have three services right now. Um, obviously, a lot of people still aren't, aren't coming back to physical gatherings and um, we were thinking, do we cut back some services or whatnot? But we want to make sure everybody's super comfortable and as spread out as you want to be. So Sundays, we've kept three services. But Christmas Eve, we're only going to do one because we, we got to go eat kahachina and everything else. And so we're going to do one. And, uh, and then we want to go spend time with family. So let us know you're coming. You got to go to calvaryconnect.com and register. Register you, um, your family, register everybody just so we're good and safe in here. Cool? All right, Matthew chapter 2. As you're going there, look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm glad you're sitting next to me. Come on. Look at the person on the other side and say, actually, I like you better than my first neighbor. <laughs> All right, Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. We're going to begin to read in verse 1. All right, if you're there, say amen. amen. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, 
during the time of King Herod, Magi, somebody say Magi. Magi from the east, they came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. Notice that. They saw the star and they have come to, to worship. Somebody say worship. Because there's only one that deserves all the worship and that's Jesus. And so the Magi, they, they understand this. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all of Jerusalem with them, when he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And they say, in Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And there's a prophecy. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, he called the Magi secretly, and he found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, hey, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find them, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. He didn't want to worship. He was jealous because one with more power was coming. And then verse 9, after they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Verse 10, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed when they saw the star they were overjoyed why don't you underline that or highlight that i love that when they saw the star they were overjoyed i feel like there's some people that maybe you walked in here today confused or searching when you see the true light you will be overjoyed and you might have come in one way come on we're going out a different way overjoyed because we know the light of the world last verse verse 11 on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Out of those 11 verses, I want to share today's message. It's one that I've had on my heart. I'm excited about it. I want to talk to you from this title, The Light Has Come. The Light Has Come. We're going to talk about that for a little bit. We'll worship, and then we'll go do some more Christmas shopping. Cool? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being a good God and a kind God. You're awesome. We, none of us deserve it. We don't deserve your love, your mercy, or your grace, but you're awesome. And so we're just overwhelmed by that. And uh, we thank you so much. Help us to fix our eyes on you. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And it's in your name that we pray. All of God's people say. Amen. One more time. All of God's people say. Amen. Come on. Can we give God a big, big hand? Come on. Come on. Humanity is searching. We're searching. I think this week, as we go out and search for Christmas gifts, we notice the hustle and bustle of searching. Maybe you've experienced it yourself. Have you ever had to look for a gift for a special someone and you've You've, you've searched everywhere, right? You got, you got a gift that you got to give to your husband or to your wife or to your sugar foot, to your honey boo-boo. And so my nephew has a girlfriend now. He has to give her a gift. And so he's looking all over the place. And, <laughs> and, and so you're looking everywhere and you're searching. I think actually this week gives us a little bit of a perspective. And it's really, it shows us as we zoom out that all of humanity is really searching throughout our entire journey. We're searching and we're looking for something. Humanity is looking for some, our favorite website is google.com because we always have something to search for. All right, like we're always, and, and, and the thing is there's so much options for us to search for. 
We don't know which one's right. What do we do? Like we're searching for anything for our soul, for our life, trying to find answer. Actually, um, about a week and a half ago, me and Diana decided to adopt another dog. We got another dog in our house. Yeah, we, we used to have two dogs. Um, one is Zion, which we recently got. You've heard all about him. But, but the other one, her, her name was Nikki. And Nikki, she, she had been with Diana for 14 years. Like uh, Diana got her when she was eight weeks old, right? Little puppy. I didn't come into the picture until about a year and a half later, two years. Actually, her ex-boyfriend gave it to her. So I was the stepdad. But I adopted her as mine. And, uh, <laughs> and so for the last 11 years, I've been the daddy, you know what I'm saying? But, but, <laughs> but, but, but Nikki was awesome. But, but really the last year she started, you know, deteriorating. She was already older and the last couple of months it was rough. And so we, we had to literally put her to sleep a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, it was absolutely sad and terrible. So, so Zion, he stayed by himself. There's sometimes where we're out of the house all day and Zion is there by himself. So we're like, Hey, he needs another buddy. So we went to the adoption pet center because Anna's all about rescuing dogs. If it was up to her, it was up to her. No, she'll rescue every dog, cat, mouse, bird, everything that you find on the street. So my, my house will be full, but she said, let's go look for a dog. I said, let's go. So we went. The thing is, there's, there's a massive amount of dogs at the adoption pet center. So we're there walking around and, and we're waiting like, okay, which one do we take? And so Anna would go up to a cage and she would be like, oh my God, this one's it, babe. Oh my God, this one's so cute. We, we need to take this one. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then, you know, we'll keep walking a little bit just in case. And then she'll see the other one and she's like, no, this one, oh, this one, this one's it, babe, this one's it. I'm like, but you said that about the other three dogs, like what, what do we do, right? And, and we're just in this search and it felt like we were there for hours looking for the right dog to take home. And as I was thinking about Christmas this past week and Matthew chapter two, it, it reminded me like humanity's in this same journey, just looking and looking, going from cage to cage, from relationship to relationship, to object, to things, trying to feel and satisfy the soul what can satisfy me what can fulfill me and we are searching and looking and nothing seems to satisfy the human soul and the problem is that the the search is endless right we think a career will do it and finally if I get this degree and I graduate and I finally make it then I'll be satisfied and then we find out that doesn't satisfy us Maybe, maybe if I find the right person, if I'm with the right one, that will satisfy my soul and then I'll be okay until we get into a relationship just to find out this person can never really fill the void of my soul. Maybe if I try drinking, right, and I drink till I can't feel no more, then I'll be okay and that might like help me deal with everything and we go from substances to people to things of this world trying to satisfy us because there's a restlessness of the soul. In fact, Augustine said this, thou has made us for thyself and we are restless until we find rest in you. He's made us for himself and the human heart is restless until we realize the only place that we can find rest is in him. Truly to be in him, to truly understand who he is and to truly find that peace of the soul that only he can give. But we try to find it everywhere and anyway, so we build our lives on what we call these sandcastles because you'll build it off a relationship until you find out your honey boo-boo is just as flawed as you. And when that relationship crumbles, then you blame it on God and you blame everybody else, but you were building your life on a foundation that was never meant to be a foundation. It's just a bonus, but the foundation is the only one that can satisfy you, and that is God himself. And so don't take the bonuses and make them the foundation. Are you with me? Yeah. 
Oh, everything else is great. Like, I'm, I'm good with the cars and the houses and the relationships. I love it. Amazing. I got a beautiful Colombian queen, right? That's all great. But the foundation has to be the only one that is the solid rock, the only one that can come and satisfy the soul. And so what do we build our life on? And we're searching and we're looking and all of humanity is looking. And all of humanity is searching. And we're in this endless search pursuit. But here's the beautiful thing about Christmas. And this is what it should remind us that we have a God in heaven that while we're searching, he's actually the one after us. Like this is the good news about God. And this is what separates God, Yahweh, the real God, apart from everything else. He's the one that comes after humanity. We're searching for something while he's pursuing us. In fact, I'll put it this way. You may be searching for something, but God, he's actually pursuing you. So if you walked in here looking for answers, if you walked in here trying to find some peace, if you walked in here trying to make sense of the world, I got good news for you. Christmas means that God, the invisible God, became the visible incarnation to show humanity, I'm after you, I love you, and I will go to all the ends to have you. That's what Christmas shows. That God will give up everything just to have our heart. That's beautiful. That the God of the universe would give up his riches, his honor, his glory, put on a human costume for 33 years and become a servant or a slave for my heart. That's amazing. That's what what Christmas is all about. And so don't get caught up with the lights and don't get caught up with the gifts and don't get caught up with the trees and don't get caught up with... Carlos looking like Santa and like it's beyond that this week will be crazy you'll be shopping you have to wrap gifts to two in the morning you got family coming you don't like but Christmas it's about the God who loved us and who came down from my heart that's beautiful I may be looking for something But the whole time, God has been looking for me. Matthew chapter 2, I love it because I think it's a picture of humanity. We have magi, or or in, in the Greek, it's the Greek word magos, magos. It actually comes from a Persian background. And what it means is that these men, they were actually experts in astrology. They understood the stars and they understood how the systems work. And so it actually has some kind of priestly connotation to it. That's why we also call them the three wise men or the three kings. Right? We got los tres reyes magos. Some of you will be at the parade in a few weeks, right? Like, right? So, so we know them as different things, but really they were astrologers. One word to kind of sum it up, I will put it this way, they were seekers. Really, that's what they were. They were seekers. They were experts in astrology. They were experts when it came to politics. They were experts when it came to all things having to do with religion because they were men looking for answers. Honestly, they were men looking for wisdom. That's why they call them the wise men. They were trying to gain some kind of understanding of our human plight. Like, why am I like this? Why is humanity like this? And so they were trying to gain some understanding Because sometimes you can't even understand yourself. You ever wake up in the morning and you can't stand yourself? Look in the mirror like, why'd you act like that today? Like, I don't even know. Why'd you make that decision last week? You ever looked at yourself like, I don't even know why I treated people like that. Right? You, You can't understand yourself. Yet we try to understand other people and we judge other people when we can't even understand ourselves. In fact, we try to understand God when we can't even understand ourselves. And we get mad at God and we lash out on God and God, you didn't come on my time and what I needed and you didn't do it the way I like it. And why don't you do things? I could run the world better than you, God. You can't even understand yourself. You change your hairstyle every week. 
You change your outfits every single day because you can't stand yourself. I don't look good in this one. I look better in this. I don't know. Should I do my hair this way or this way? I don't know. You can't even understand yourself, but yet we try to understand humanity and we try to understand God. We're just like the Magi trying to seek some wisdom. And here, what they didn't know is that the star was going to lead them to the wisdom of all the universe found in Jesus. You want an answer? It's only found in Jesus. You want wisdom? It's only found in Jesus. You can't find it anywhere else, and we can't, we can't pretend that finite man can understand infinite God. We're finite. And so they're looking and they're searching, and it's humanity. Humanity searches, and we look to the stars, and we try astrology, and we try enneagrams. Are you an eight or a three? I'm a four. What are you? And we try to understand our person. We do everything we can to understand. We got people that wake up every morning trying to read their horoscopes. Oh, my God, I'm a Sagittarius. Today is going to be my week. This week is the week I'll find love, and finally I'll find my purpose. Can I tell you, you don't need to look to the stars. You can look to the one who created the stars. He's the great light, and the light has come and his name is Jesus but we're seekers and we're looking and so these men were looking because they understood the religious political and the universal what God was about to do they understood there was this prophecy in old time that sooner or later a leader was going to come I'll show you numbers numbers chapter 24 verse 17 look what it says in the book of numbers in the book of numbers I see him Numbers 24, verse 17. I see him. This is a prophecy given through Balaam in the book of Numbers. And look what, look what God says through him. I see him, but not now. I, I behold him, but not near. In other words, he's coming, but he's not right here right now. I can kind of see him, but, but he's not near. But a star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. And he will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all the people of Sheath. Isn't that a good prayer to pray for your enemies? That's awesome. Like, God, today, can you crush the foreheads of my ex-husband? No, I'm just kidding. But crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all the people of Sheep. Okay, so, so they understood this. Remember, they were experts in political, in science, and so they understood that sooner or later, a star was going to rise. And they, they knew that sooner or later, a political leader was going to come to bring them freedom. Because they had been under oppression and slavery for so long. You know, Israel's history. And they're waiting for a political leader to come. Doesn't that sound a lot like our world today? They're waiting for a political leader. The political leader is the one that's going to bring healing. The political leader is the one that finally is going to solve all the issues, the race issues, the, the uh, indifference issues. Let's wait for this political leader. What they didn't understand is that this king that was going to come wasn't just a political leader. He's a universal leader. He wasn't just bringing freedom to one people group, but to all people groups. And this is what we need to know today is that the light has come. He's the freer of all mankind. Come on, his name is Jesus. He's the one that is the true deliverer. The greater Moses is called Jesus. And he doesn't come to deliver a group of people, but all people from our sins. But they understood this, and so they're looking for the star. And you know the rest of the story. The star comes out. They start following the star. It leads them to Jerusalem. They have to go through Herod. Herod, he's paranoid, and he wants to kill. And finally, they get to Jesus. Jesus by now is probably three months old, six months old, a year old. We don't know how long the journey is from the east to Jerusalem, but it took them some time. Finally, they get there. When they get there, what do they do? The Bible says they bow down and worship him. This is powerful, and I want you to get the picture. We, we read it quickly, but it's profound. Because here are these pagan astrologers. 
he, they're, they're Gentiles, they're not Jews. And they're coming and they're bowing down before King Jesus. Because the Bible says that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus, he is Lord. And so this is the beginning and this is just a glimpse, a picture of what's going to happen one day with all of humanity, regardless of your position, regardless of your salary, regardless of your wisdom, regardless of your intelligence, regardless of where you come from. One day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Because when you run into the wisdom of the universe, the proper response is worship. When you run into the one who runs the universe, when you understand that he's the one that spoke and stars came out, what you have to do is bow down and worship him and so when we come together on a Sunday what we're doing is that we're worshiping him I don't, I don't come to get a feel-good message I don't come to see what pastor's preaching he better preach something I like no I come to worship him because he saved me because he delivered me because he forgave me because I was a mess I'm still a mess but he's good and he loves me and so we come to worship him I don't come to see if they sing my favorite song I, I come to worship him because only he alone is worthy of worship and so this week, let's not get it confused. The light has come, and it's only that light that deserves all of our worship. The thing is, we worship all the time. We just don't know it. And we worship people, and we worship objects, and we worship things because we think that they are what give us what we need. And so we live our lives for things, people, and products, but none of them could really come and satisfy the longing of the soul. And so they realize this, and they worship at the feet of Jesus. The wise men, the seekers, the kings, the priests, the pagans, they are worshiping at the feet of a Jewish baby boy. It's powerful. And here God begins to unite humanity and say every single human is in need of Jesus. The light comes and the light comes to do a whole lot in our lives. It's the light of Jesus that comes to help me and comes to help you. We all have questions and doubts and days of darkness and days where we don't understand anything, but it's only Jesus that comes to heal. And so the light comes to do a million things. And I'll share three quick things with you that the light comes to do. I like things in three because it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the Trinity and Dwayne Wade, number three. All right, three things. Three things. Number one, number, number one, when the light comes, what, what does it do? Number one, I really believe it comes to bring new direction. Somebody say new direction. Yes. New direction. It comes to give you a new direction in your life. When you meet and you are impacted by the true light, the only light, it gives you brand new direction. I, I've, I've shared with you my struggle before, and, and pray for me. You can still pray for me during the Christmas break. Pray for me because I still struggle with a little bit of pride when it comes to, you, you guys know, listening to the GPS. I don't, I don't listen to the GPS. There's no way Siri can know more than me when it comes to Miami. I was born and raised in Miami, lived here my whole life. I'm from the 305, the bottom of the crib, you know, Dolly, everything, right? Like, I know Miami. And so sometimes Siri or Waze or whatever want to tell me where to go and how to drive. And so Diana would try to tell me, she's like, babe, you're... you're you're going in the wrong direction. And I'm like, no. I know my city. Rich, you know, born and raised in Miami. It's our, it's our hometown. How can you tell me where to go? I know every street like the back of my hand. How do you know? Un until what happens, right? A few minutes later, 
right, Diana reroutes, and she's like, you're, you're going into traffic, and you're going the wrong way. And so what do I have to do? I have to turn around. Somebody say, turn around. In the New Testament, there's a guy named Saul. Saul was persecuting Christians, killing Christians, throwing Christians in jail. He was a religious fanatic. He thought he understood God, was jealous of God, and he was throwing Christians in prison, literally killing Christians, giving the okay to kill Christians, murder Christians, and all of a sudden, the bright light, the light comes, leaves him blind for three days, and what does he do? He turns his life around, because every single time that you are confronted with the light of Jesus, it turns you around. It changes your plan. It changes your life all for the better. Can I get an amen? I've seen people that were going in one direction about to destroy their life until Jesus comes and turns them around. I've seen a drug addict go into a preacher. I've seen ex-gang members become evangelists for Jesus Christ. I've seen addicts been delivered and now being used for God's kingdom. I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it, right? I've seen it. Like, no, it's not that somebody told me, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen people in bondage and in slavery to all kinds of things and products of this world and substances and the light shines on their life and they're never the same again because when we're confronted with this light, we get a brand new direction. And so today, if you came in looking for direction for your life, like, I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six, I love this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. A lot of us, we love this verse, but we like the second part. And in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. We all want our path straight, but we don't want to not lean on our own understanding or submit to him. But you can't have one without the other. And so I, I would love for my paths to be straight, but first I need to lean on him and submit to him. And when you do, he makes your path straight and he gives us new directions. Today, if you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I don't know where to go. Is this the relationship of my life? Is this the business I should go into? I, like I'm, I'm confused and lean on him, submit to him and he'll make your path straight. Am I thankful for God? Come on, everybody thankful for the light that has come. He comes to give us clarity. Look what this psalm says. If we could put up the psalm, Psalm chapter 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. That's a beautiful picture. He'll counsel you. He'll guide you. He'll lead you with his loving eye on you. It's beautiful. Here's the crazy thing. The Magi thought they were following a star but the whole time, it was actually God who was pursuing them and leading them to where he wanted. There's this sovereignty of God above our plans, above anything that we can do. It's the sovereignty of God, and he will use things in our life to lead us to the right place. They thought they were following a star. Really, what they were doing is drawing near to the one who drew all near to them. Number one, new direction. The second thing that he does, is he comes to bring us complete fulfillment. Somebody say Fulfillment. He comes to fulfill our soul. Everything in us that, that we need, that we're lacking, looking, searching for, the only one who can satisfy it is Jesus. It's Jesus. You can try everything else in the world. You can try to get all the money you want in the world. I think it was uh, this actor called Jim Carrey, many of you know, who said, I wish everybody went to Hollywood and got successful and made all the money in the world only to find out it doesn't make you happy. Get all the money in the world, get all the cars, get all the relationships, get everything you want. It won't fulfill you. 
It'll bring temporary fulfillment, but, but it won't fulfill you. Everything else will be temporary. You could try the drugs, you could try the relationships, you could try everything, but, but it's temporary. And you'll feel good for a little bit. Sooner or later, there's a restlessness of the soul, of the heart. We have Zion and we have now, we named the new dog, we named her Magnolia. And so her nickname is Maggie. Diana always wanted to name uh, another dog, Maggie. She actually, one day she wants a pet cow and she wants to name it Magnolia. But in the meantime, we got a dog. Um, <laughs> but uh, one day we'll have a farm and we'll have many cows and ducks and, um, and sheep. But, but, but Maggie and Zion, they love toys. But, but these dogs, like, they remind me a lot of how humans are, how we are because you, you'll give them a toy and for the first few days they're enjoying the toy like they're going crazy with the toy but after a while they forget the toy and so Dan is obsessed with giving them new toys every day and so our house is filled with toys that they no longer want to play with like humans are the same way some of you have kids you know you've seen it I have nephews and nieces rather you give them something for Christmas and the first 15 minutes they're like this is awesome Boom, where's my next gift, right? Because nothing seems to satisfy the soul. The only one that can satisfy the soul is the one who made the soul. I love this Psalm. Psalm chapter 145. Psalm chapter 145, verses 15 through 16 says, The eyes of all, they look to you. Every creature, every living and breathing thing, they look to you. And you give them their food at the proper time. I love this next part. You open your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. It's God. It's God who takes care of the universe. It's the God who takes care of the galaxies. It's the God who takes care of every animal, every species, every single human being. He'll satisfy the desires of every living thing. Nothing else can bring fulfillment. Nothing else can give you life. You can try it. You can go. You can roam through all this world. And you can go to every single vacation spot. You can go to Tulum, to Cancun, to Italy. You can try it all. But your soul will still lack fulfillment because it will only come in the hand of our maker. That's why Jesus, when he comes onto the scene, Jesus in John 10.10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come so that you may have life and have life to the full. Everybody thankful for Jesus? Life to the fullest. In fact, it's life in abundance. That's what that means. You want life? So many people, I'm living life to the fullest. <laughs> no, you're not. You're living life temporary, chasing temporary fleeting emotions and feelings. You want life to the full? It's only found in the light that has come and his name is Jesus. So he gives us new direction. He fulfills us completely. And then number three, he gives us absolute peace. Somebody say peace. He gives us absolute peace. And the band can come up. We'll finish with this and we'll worship and we'll make our way home. But, but absolute peace, like that peace is not, it's not, a, it's not an emotion. We talked about this before, but, but the world has a different understanding of peace. They're looking after an emotion of feeling and, and we want moments of peace in our life. And if I just had this peace forever, I'll be okay. But that's, that's an emotion that humanity's chasing. But the true peace is more than emotion and the only one that can give it is Jesus. And so as we go into Christmas week and as we're about to close out the year, 
know that he's the only one that can bring absolute peace. A year like 2020 when it's brought so much heaviness. Some of us have lost family. Some of us have lost jobs. The economy's been all over the place. It's been hard. It's been difficult. We've had to carry a lot of feelings and emotions and thoughts and doubts and fears. The whole world is searching. As we close out 2020, like, is the vaccine coming? Are we going back on lockdown? Is everybody going to be open up? Like, what's going on? Everybody is searching and looking for some kind of answer and some kind of peace. Because it looks like it's been nine months of no peace, God. Can you finally give us peace? And we think that a good economy will bring us peace. We think that a vaccine will finally give us peace. We think that a new president will finally give us peace. And all those things can add on, but the only true peace is found in Jesus. And so as we close out a difficult year, don't look to what humans can give us. Look to what God has already given us in his son, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. You with me? It's not in what another human can give me. It's not in what the government can give me. It's in what God already gave me. It's the light of the world. The light has come. Oh, let's put our eyes on him. Thou has made us for thyself and our hearts are restless until we find rest in you. God, that my soul will not crave and long for things of this world only to find no satisfaction. But that we'll put our eyes on the true peace that only Jesus brings. Jesus reminded us of this in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. That peace that he talks about there in the original language is much, much more than a feeling. It's not a feeling. Like I said, we're looking for feeling. We want a Zen moment. Like just put me by a waterfall and I'll cross my legs and then I'll have some peace. But, but you're looking for an emotion. You're looking for a feeling. What happens if you don't have the waterfall and you don't have the vacation spot? That's why we love vacations because the soul is longing for the real paradise. And so he that you may have peace. I want that peace. We all long for that peace and we think that peace means something that this world can give us as a byproduct. But he says, no, in this world you will have, in this world you will have trouble. I love that Jesus told us that because now people want to get it confused. Like come to Jesus and life will be amazing. Oh, come to Jesus. He'll give you all the money you want. Sow a seed and he'll sow it right back. Come to Jesus and he'll give you the cars and life will be Skittles, rainbows, butterflies. Come to Jesus. But no, Jesus like, wait, no. In this world, you're going to have trouble. Anybody had trouble this year? In this world, you'll have trouble. But he says, take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus says, you're going to, you can be in the middle of a storm of a hurricane and still have peace for your soul because it's much more than emotion the peace he's talking about is a person and his name is Jesus so you'll have new direction complete fulfillment and you'll have absolute peace come on why don't we stand up to our feet when, when we grasp this light when we understand this light when we understand that even in trouble we can have peace the response is worship because only he alone is worthy because everything else wanted to lie to me and tell me that it would give me fulfillment or peace or guide me but it was all make-believe and fake and so this product 
told me it was going to fulfill me, but it wouldn't. This relationship told me it would help me, but it didn't. The government told me it would be there for me, but it wasn't. People told me that they were the answer, but they weren't. This career promised me security, but it didn't. The salary told me, but, but the only one that can do it is Jesus. So he's the only one worthy of all of my worship. And so today, come on, why don't we lift up our hands and why don't we lift up our voice and why don't we worship the true king, the light that has come, because only he alone is worship of all the glory and all the honor. So why don't we take 30 seconds? Why don't we take a minute to worship the true light, the light that has come and the king, his name is Jesus. Come on, why don't we worship him together? Come on, let's sing it out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, Elohim, maker of the earth, he is the Lord of hosts. Heaven's king, God of endless worth, his kingdom stands above. Every power, every living soul, his love is like the sun. Ever true, shining over all, he is almighty. on you and we fix our attention on you let our eyes be fixed on the alpha the omega the king of kings the lord of lords the light of the world jesus we worship you help us to see the light every day help us to follow the true star and never get confused with the thing that the world wants to offer thank you that you fulfill us that you guide us and that you give us peace only you alone are worthy of all of our praise. So this week, God, as we celebrate, as we hang with friends, we, we don't forget the light that came. Jesus, we thank you. Everybody thankful for Jesus. Come on, he's awesome. There's nobody like him. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, with eyes closed and head bowed. We're leaving in just a moment, but before anybody leaves, with eyes closed and head bowed, if you're here today and you... You don't have a relationship with God. If you're here today and you say, Alex, this is great, it's cool, but, but I'm far from God. I, I don't know this God that you're talking about. And, and there's no way that this God wants to know me because I've made so many mistakes. I've messed up too much. I've done too much wrong. I want to tell you that the truth is that every single one of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. 
We've all failed God in one way or another. The Bible says that all of us have fallen short of God's glory. All of us have done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. And the Bible says that there's a price to pay for our wrong, for our sin. It's called death. We have to pay for these sins because they offend a holy and an awesome God. But you and I can never pay for our sins because it takes innocent blood to pay for sins. It's deep. And I, you got to take some time to think about it and study about it. But God provided a solution in the Lamb of God called Jesus. And this is what Christmas is all about. Is that humans, we have sin in our spirit, in our heart. And we've done wrong and we've gone away from the maker. And the only one that could bring us back is Jesus. He becomes the bridge for all of humanity. The Bible says that Jesus, he came down. That's what we're celebrating this season is that Jesus came in a human flesh and he grabbed my sin, your sin. He grabbed all of our wrongs, all of our flaws, all of our mistakes. Jesus, he took them on his shoulders. He was whipped and bruised and they crucified him on a cross for my wrong and for your wrong. And the Bible says that Jesus went up on that cross. He gave up his life for you. And he died there on that cross so that he can pay the price for sin. And the Bible says that after he died, they put him down in a grave and he was in the grave for three days. But after three days, Jesus Christ didn't just die for us. He also resurrected for us. Jesus, he is alive. He overcame sin, but he overcame death as well for you and for me. So that we can be free and so that we can have life. Jesus got up from the grave and he's alive and today he's offering forgiveness today he's offering a brand new beginning a brand new life directions fulfillment he's offering peace and so what do you got to do to be saved the bible says you got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and you will be saved so whenever you eye closed and whenever you head bowed if you're here today and you're saying alex i need god alex i need a relationship with god i've tried it i've gone after people objects things and nothing brings fulfillment but i need forgiveness for this restlessness of my soul. I need that peace. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, nobody looking around. It's a private moment. Come on, his dream team is praying and the church is praying. If you're here today or watching online and you say, Alex, I, I want a relationship with this God. I want forgiveness for my sins. At the count of three, I'm going to count to three. I want you to raise your hand. Right there where you're at, I want you to lift it up. Hold it up for maybe two, three seconds and then you can put it right back down. I just want to see who I'm praying for. Everybody else with eyes closed, head bowed, praying. If you're, if you're watching online and you're at home in your bedroom, you can make this decision right there. He's watching you. If that's you, if you say, today I need forgiveness, I need a brand new beginning. At the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over this place. Raise your hand as high as you can. Awesome. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else who raise your hand, you're saying, today I need a relationship with God. If you're watching online, you can make that decision as well. Father, we thank you for every single person making this decision. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do something in their life and in their heart and in their soul today. With eyes closed and head bowed, I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer, and I want you to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. All of us together as a family, let's say it. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you rose again. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, come on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
Amen. Come on, why don't we give them a big, big hand? Hands went up. Thank you, Jersey. Hands went up all over the auditorium. And if you made that decision online as well, we want to congratulate you. We're here to help you. We want to give you this free Bible. And we talk about it all the time. But it's a Bible that actually has notes on the side to help you understand what you're reading. In fact, we have a connect corner right outside before you go take pictures with Santa, uh, before you grab your hot cocoa, your cookies, all that. Um, stop by in the connect corner. Talk to somebody. They'll give you this free Bible. In fact, if you don't want to talk to nobody because of COVID or you're shy, timid, or you want to act like you're shy and timid, but you don't want to talk to nobody. You can actually do something that we've done all pandemic long. You can text the word DECIDED to 33222. Text the word DECIDED. We've been mailing out Bibles for the past nine months. We're going to put one in your hands. It's a free gift from us to you. Come on. Why don't we give them a big hand one more time? Come on. Amen. Anybody thankful for the light of Jesus? He's the only one that can fulfill us, satisfy us, bring peace. And so this week, regardless of whatever gift you may get or not get, you got the greatest gift already. His name is Jesus. And I'm thankful for that. I, I got a peace in my soul and it's uh, King Jesus. Amen. I pray you have an incredible rest of your week. Thursday, we'll be here at noon for a Christmas Eve service. It's going to be special. So make sure you reserve your seat if we're not already to capacity. Why don't we leave out of here celebrating with one big last song, all that God has done. Hey, turn around and air high-five somebody next to you. Give somebody an air hug or whatever you want to call it. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time together. Thank you for Calvary Church and all you're doing around the world in and through us. God, we love you. We thank you. Have your way in our life. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say, come on. We love you. We'll see you Thursday.